1: Hey, Freedom Sisters and Listeners, I am glad that you are joining me today. How is it December? We are in full-blown Christmas season. And if you're coming from the Christian tradition, it's often called the Advent season. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And however you may be experiencing this season, um, whether it's great joy or sadness or overwhelm or a mixture of both. It is my prayer and intention that this podcast today would increase your awareness of Emmanuel, God with us. You know, he came in flesh and blood. He zipped on his earth suit and he moved into our neighborhood and he longs to be not just in our heart and our home, but just in our hood. And how many of you know we need him so much in the time that we're living So today I am really honored to have Pastor Andy and Susan Hagan joining me with their pastoral hearts and their take on this Advent message. And funny enough, they are calling in from Boca Raton, Florida, but they lead the Advent Lutheran Church and have labored there for many years, a engaged and vibrant community. And we are so grateful to have them not only with us, but through the years, having partnered with OM and specifically the Freedom Challenge over the last particular years. So welcome, Pastor Andy and Susan. Can you share a little bit about your life and how you became connected to the Freedom Challenge?
2: Well, thanks, Tracy. I got involved with Freedom Challenge actually back in 2011 and Andy has been the hugest supporter of Freedom Challenge ever since we got involved. I had a friend who was working with OM who asked if we'd be interested in getting involved in the climb of uh, Kilimanjaro. And I said, I absolutely would not uh, be interested in climbing Kilimanjaro But I had a sister-in-law who was a great athlete, and I would support her. So I became the prayer team and the fundraising team to my sister, Debbie, who climbed Kilimanjaro back at the very first climb. And from there, our hearts were hooked, and we've just been along for this amazing journey, and it has been amazing.
1: Thank you, Susan. How about you, Andy? You've been along for the journey as well.
3: Yes, I am really happy that uh, this opportunity came along uh, to Susan and uh, our family. Our family's been very involved. It's been great for our congregation. One of the most exciting ministries that we're involved in. We have uh, been able to excite the school. We have a school here and uh, the uh, connection that they've been able to make to these concerns uh, have been very valuable to their educational experience. Uh, Our family foundation uh, has been uh, very excited to support a number of wonderful projects and feel very Positive about working with uh, OM and and Freedom Challenge, uh, they're just great to work with in the granting process. So they're just almost every aspect of our personal life and of our um, church life has really been enriched by this um, connection that that God uh, allowed us to make, and it continues to be uh, such an important and uh, positive part of our life. And ultimately speaking, I guess that doesn't matter that what really matters is that it's doing such good work to set the captives free. Uh, And uh, that's, that's ultimately what it's about for us.
1: Mm. I'm so grateful for the mutual benefit. We the Freedom Challenge Advent Church, you personally have gained from one another. And as I said before, Pastor Andy is, um, he is a discipler of people. He is hands-on in a local community alongside his wife, who is an actual, you're a therapist. Susan, tell us a little bit about that, because that's that's a pretty big deal as well. How does that work into your life, and what, what do you do?
2: So I am a psychologist, and within that, I work with uh, clients who've experienced trauma. So I have... Uh, A lot of contact with people, obviously, who have trauma histories, and that's kind of linked up with Freedom Challenge. When I've been able to travel with Freedom Challenge, I was blessed to be able to do some trauma work uh, when we were in Asia. And then also uh, within my practice, I work with couples and families. I get the whole range of um, issues in the practice. But my heart goes with um, my couple work and my trauma work, really.
1: You're a true power team. It is the truth. Power couple, uh, poster couple is, is the Hagen family. So Pastor Andy, would you share a little bit with our listeners, why is the Advent season, and again, Advent Lutheran Church, such a good metaphor for our present time of waiting in this pandemic and waiting. We have you, I live in California and you may have heard that we actually went back into the full blown lockdown back to the original March sort of level. And we can all feel that. So would you speak a little bit into that for us?
3: Oh uh, yeah. I was at the, uh, Jimmy John's sub shop today and the, uh, the guy saw my church uniform shirt and he said, Oh, do you work for Advent Health Systems? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, No, nothing that exciting. Um, and uh we often get thought of as an Adventist church as well. So um it's interesting having this name, but this is our season, and it's a season that we um may don't maybe don't celebrate in this country. Um quite the way that that the church, you know, used to celebrate it as a very uh, important time of preparation, sort of a a time to sweep out the stable to get ready for the Christ child to be laid in the in the manger there, Uh, a time where we uh, kind of rehearse the story of the those who have been waiting going back to uh, our forebears in faith um, and especially with the um, prophets who were um, comforting people, as Isaiah said, that, that a savior was going to come. So um, John the Baptist uh, crying out to make straight the way of the Lord. This time is rich in uh, activity. It's not just a, a time before the real show begins. It's, it's its own benefit. And I I do think that that's really an important metaphor for um, how we should look at these remaining months, or maybe as long as a year of waiting for um, immunizations and uh, a higher level of safety in the midst of this pandemic. Um, I try to have patience with the people who have no patience, but this is really not a time uh, that needs to be filled with um, regrets about everything that's being missed. It needs to be a time where we take opportunity for everything that is occurring that might not otherwise occur. Um, Some examples, Um, family life True, Susan's had her share of families that are struggling, but other families have been very much growing during this time. Um, church life has been booming for uh, small group opportunities uh, through Zoom. Our group has met, my, my own group my wife and I are involved in, has met uh, almost 40 times wow. since March. Way more than we would have done in years. And it's been incredible time, not wasted time, not regretful time. Um, The conversations with my parents over the phone have been more meaningful. Um, We've been doing an outdoor food pantry. It's been amazing to serve people uh, during this time. Uh, New perspectives on our own um, faith, I think. Um, how could we sing um, for those of us in the tradition, "O come, O come, Emmanuel," with more longing than we have right now? I mean, we really are longing. It's not just I can't wait to open the presents or for the the eggnog to be dished out. It's waiting for deliverance. All of us, the whole world. And I don't know if uh, the West, most of us here in the West have ever experienced such solidarity with those who are waiting for God to put things right. Mm. But he he he's coming. And that's what Advent's about. He is coming. He will put things right. In the meantime, um, reach out, love, um, pray, uh, prepare. Um, It's not wasted time. This is God's good time.
1: Wow. That is that is uh, good insight. And to all the things that you just said, it was a few days ago when we talked in preparation to this, you said just a little snippet that goes along with the exhortation you gave us. Um, for those of you who are listening, my father passed away about eight months ago. And I was just talking about the grieving process, but That same longing that you just shared and you said, you know, Tracy, you may know your father even more than you knew him when he was here, which is so true because all of the memories and all of the legacy, it just becomes fully alive and deposited in all of our hearts. Although we're longing for the reunion, it just becomes rich. And so to your point about this advent and this longing and this season and these losses, Thank you for that personal little nugget because I've been thinking a lot about that and how our perspectives really do shift when we have that kingdom, the now and not yet mindset. And you brought us into that on this conversation. So now to you, Susan. You know, you have some longing and you're managing some longing as well. What is beautiful is your church has a longstanding history into bringing the community of women that um, you influence into Freedom Challenges. And we have a most extraordinary trip to Israel, the Jesus Walk, that we've been planning and longing for for a while. And so you have been navigating and keeping the spirits up of 10 women Who have had their trip moved twice. And mind you, before you share a little bit about what's keeping your spirits up, I'm blown away at how you have done that with your women because you guys have all even over fundraised for this trip now, which is remarkable. You know, where people are pulling back, it feels like you're pressing in. So, would you share a little bit about that? Well, it
2: feels like we had entered into this time of waiting with the pandemic right and so i think that the thought that the trip got moved and then the trip got moved it wasn't as devastating as if we had all been training completely together and been prepared like with our backpacks ready to go i think that You know, part of the adventure of joining into a Freedom Challenge event is that we train as a group, or at least within our team, we train as a group and we create that. Kind of group mission and solidarity with each other. And so, because we've been physically separated during this time or during a a good portion of this time, um, you know, putting off the actual trip didn't feel so overwhelming because it feels like we've got to get that time together Mm -hmm. to do our preparation. But in the meantime, our, our team captain, who's my sister-in-law, Debbie, got us all in um, a Bible study through uh, Right Now Media on um, what the women saw, and it was all filmed in Israel and it was from the perspective of different women in scripture in Israel. So we've been joining up on Zoom together and preparing our hearts and our minds and looking at specific sites in Israel, some of which we might see when we go walking. And so we've just used that time to kind of prepare our hearts. And now Hopefully, if we can move forward to the next date, we'll also get that our bodies ready because, I mean, that's a big part of each challenge, right, is Mm -hmm. getting
1: ready physically. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Thank you for your leadership in that. And uh, I want to get that link. That sounds fascinating. And we will put that link in the show notes. So if anyone's listening, wants to to, uh, study that, what a great thing to do. Um, it sounds like it's pretty fabulous. Thank you, thank you for your leadership, Andy. Would you share a little bit about how this Christmas season shapes our concerns for the entrapped and enslaved?
3: Yes, I think that uh, the layers on top of Christmas uh, can often, you know, obscure it. I guess that's is pretty much the summary of most. Uh, sermons a pastor gives somewhere along the way in the Christmas season. Um, you know, it's not about the presents. It's not about the the uh, movies. It's not about the eggnog. It's not about the, uh, that's the second time I've mentioned eggnog. Uh, it's not about um, the the decorations or the concerts or the events. It's, you know, What is it about? And then the kid in the children's sermon says, it's about Jesus, you know. Um, the, The thing is, is we say that every year, but many of us who say that say it to people who have all of those things. They have every bit of the stuff and more so. And when I'm saying it to them or we're saying it to each other, there's a quite a clear echo, which is, but we already have all that stuff. Mm. Um, I can remember when we moved a Christmas Eve service, trying to find a better time for it. And I remember a person coming to meet in my office. You can't move the Christmas Eve service time. All of our family traditions are around that particular time. You know, Jesus can only come (laughs) at 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Otherwise, our family uh, Christmas is ruined. And, you know, um, so we say it, we say it, we say it. But in the meantime, all of us are still shopping. All of us are still decorating. All of us are still doing every layer over Christmas um, such that, there is no question about it that without meaning to, we do cover up the baby very significantly. We know we do. And we feel kind of bad about it, but we also say, well, Christmas is about family and God gives us family and the presents remind us of the wise. men. tell me any kid that thinks the presents remind them of the wise men's gifts, right? I, I know better than that. The presents remind them of presents. Right. So, you know, you hear the frustration in a pastor's voice as you get to Christmas and you're trying your best and failing to uncover the baby. Mm. And even in the middle of a church service, you're failing. And then all of a sudden this year comes up. And it's like. All the things that we won't have for Christmas this year so many things that mean christian christmas to even the faithful have been denied we won't spend them with friend, uh, family we won't have a big party or an open house we won't share meals with people we won't um go shopping at the mall and and for all the craziness that involves my goodness we don't have black uh, Friday. Oh my gosh. How could we live without Black Friday? I mean, we, we might not come to Christmas Eve service because it's, uh, in person or we might not even be allowed to. This may be the, the worst Christmas for Christmas, but it, for some of us, this may very well be the best Christmas to actually look at the baby because we will have less layers. And less distractions, and less of the things that some somehow uh, and sometimes do distract. Um, I don't know if it will happen. Uh, I had a, a small group meeting this morning, and and one of my members admitted this just isn't going to be a good Christmas. And and I and I try gently, but but nevertheless insistently to say it is the best Christmas ever because Jesus will be here. Mm. And that's what, that's what Christmas now. Now think about our concerns, some of which are very significant because we have some victims of this pandemic uh, that we are mourning and we can't even mourn them properly. Uh, And Tracy, you mentioned that earlier and we have some of that very real pain. Now think about the people that never have those layers On Christmas, the enslaved, the entrapped, the the poor, the uh, imprisoned, the abused, all the people that can say to us, oh yeah, we only have Jesus for Christmas. That's all we ever have. And let me tell you, um, thank God we have Jesus for Christmas because all the rest of it we don't have, but we have Jesus. And I think it may be one of those chances for us to actually, for once, join the Who's of Whoville, whose presence had been all taken away by the Grinch, and join hands with all the others who never have those things, and actually sing, um, you know, the true uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Um If even some of the stripping away we're experiencing can get us closer to that, I will think this could be the best Christmas the world has ever known.
1: Woo! Sobering, but very rich and really deep. So good. I'm going to be pulling out my Grinch book and actually um, looking at that through new eyes. Mm. There's some rich stuff there. Susan, maybe you would add on to that how you're, you know, just during this pandemic and the limitations that we've experienced that Andy was even just speaking about, how does that uh, shape your perspective on the goals of Freedom Challenge?
2: Well, I just want to say that... Andy keeps referencing eggnog. He is not an eggnog person. He's really a chocolate peppermint person at Christmas time, but I don't know why he's stuck on eggnog today. The
1: eggnog's calling him. Maybe it's an experiment this Christmas, right? (laughs) It might be. I think that
2: um, my heart has been with the idea that so many who are enslaved so many who we're reaching out to through Freedom Challenge have really been in the darkness. And the beauty of the Advent season as it emerges on Christmas is the reminder that no matter what we are trying to accomplish through Freedom Challenge, and my heart has been breaking for those in the darkness. I mean, when when things close down, when poverty increases, it's the most vulnerable who end up being impacted the worst, right? So we know that those women and children that we are fighting for have been deeply impacted by this pandemic. But the thing that we know in Freedom Challenge is that Everything that we do, we do in the name of Jesus, we do through the aid of his spirit. And so it reminds us that in the midst of this darkness, especially as Christmas comes on us, that it is going to be his light that brings the freedom, his spirit that leads us out of darkness. And so... Even though my heart has been so heavy, I'm blessed by this Christmas season. And as we move into the birth of Christ again, with that reminder that that is where freedom comes from. He's the one who sets the captives free. He's the one who breaks the chains. And so my heart has been breaking through this pandemic, knowing what is happening with our enslaved um, brothers and sisters and broken families. But at the same time, I'm lifted up by the season and by the promises that accompany it.
1: Yeah, the heartbreak is true. I join you in that, Susan. It's really like grief and glory together, like God's greatest moves that he's bringing. But then there's a tremendous amount of grief in watching the pain and the suffering. And for all the more, you know, richness is this Emmanuel God with us and reflecting on that in this season. And what does that mean and even look like for those who are seeking freedom? You know, how is God with them, Pastor Andy? How does Emmanuel show up in those dark places?
3: I've been, uh, I just felt a conviction a few, about a month ago to start doing some real serious reading about the, the life of Jesus, the sayings of Jesus, the study of Jesus. Uh, I found I have 27 books uh, piled on my desk at, the, uh, at my house, which I'm sure Susan's thrilled with. Um, and I thought that was kind of funny that I have 27 books piled up because that's how many books are in the New Testament uh, that also speak to Jesus. So it's uh, uh, kind of a symmetry there. One of the things that keeps coming across to me is that modern-day Christians spiritualize Jesus far too much. Um, we we want to talk about freedom, but we want to talk about freedom from shame or guilt or sin. We don't think about freedom from being in a jail that we shouldn't be in. Um, we we want to think about uh, salvation as something that um, – you know, we will enjoy in the sweet by and by. And we forget that there are people that literally need to be saved from um, a enslaved situation. Really do. They really do. Um, we think about, um, you know, uh, spiritual uh, daily bread when there are um, there's no doubt that there is a need for daily bread. And, and I think because we spiritualize Jesus uh, in our time, and maybe this is even more done, the the better your needs are met and the more justice and peace you enjoy, I guess it, it, it eventually Jesus becomes much more of a spiritual figure. But I think the books I'm reading remind me he was a person on earth. Um, a Galilean peasant um, learned a trade, walked around and told people, Things uh, like um, God is with you. Um, your sins are forgiven. Um, to to those caught in in prostitution, he he gave love. To those you know uh, enslaved by illness, he gave healing. Um, he spoke about a world um, around him being redeemed, the kingdom of God coming to them. Um, it, it it wasn't it wasn't just spiritual. He he meant for us to take care of each other. He meant for for us to give the cup of cold water. He meant it then, and he means it now. Um, and so Christmas is about him um, being uh, with us in in such a human way that he was able to understand us, suffer with us, laugh with us. Uh, and then die for us. Um, and so you know the, the thing that's great about um, freedom challenge is that I'm not in a position to have solidarity with an enslaved woman entrapped woman in Moldova. i I have no capacity to do that. Uh, I might even be part of the problem in some you know far far-reaching way, but through the freedom challenge um, my concern uh, and the concern of our congregation, of our ladies, is incarnated. It, it's, it's actually reaching people that Jesus would have wanted us to reach um, now. Not just just uh, in a nice way where we can tell them someday they'll go to heaven, but, but that we can say, um, right now you can experience freedom. And we mean it—not uh, just a feeling, but a reality. Um, and that's it. Jesus is not just a feeling; he's a reality, and that's what Christmas says to us. And mm-hmm. I hope we feel it like this Christmas.
1: Really good. When you talk about the imagery of Jesus, and I, you know, imagine some of the the pictures you gave me, it really does create in me a longing to go and walk. The Jesus walk in Israel. And I know you have that too, Susan. And Lord willing, we'll be doing that with our ladies in October 2021. But how do you think that's going to feel for us to actually walk in the steps of our Savior and imagining the freedom that He was bringing as He went about His everyday life? You know, wrap us up with a little bit of your thoughts on that.
2: Well, Tracy, I'm super excited for. Finally getting there, right? I think that um, I've been to Israel before and I went in kind of a pilgrimage mode, a uh, tourist pilgrimage mode. And so I went on a bus from place to place and got off and, you know, got connected to it through the scripture, but then got back on the bus and went to another place. And so I've had that experience of it. But what I love about Freedom Challenge is that we get in with our whole selves. And so when we walk on the um, path, the Jesus path, the Jesus trail, we're going to be walking with Uh, you know, we'll have sore feet by the end of the day and hungry bellies in the middle of the day and achy muscles when we get up in the morning and achy muscles when we go to bed and be tired and exhausted, but we'll be in the midst of it, like our whole selves. And I think that that solidarity with the experience of it, I'm just, I'm, hungry and excited and, and just, uh, you know, anticipating the beauty of that experience. And uh, I think that even just this wait, and, you know, I think about that as the advent, right? That waiting time, right? Even this advent of the experience up to that experience will make the experience that much more delicious.
0: Yeah. Mm
2: because we've waited and savored and prepared and, you know, and come to it with, you know, an openness to embrace it. So I'm super excited about it.
3: Mm,
1: I am too. I can't wait. My longing, my heart longing is exactly with you. Our time together is coming to a close and I need to wrap it up, but I want to say to you, thank you both. You are our first couple on the Freedom Challenge podcast. I'm grateful for your time. Thank you for opening your heart to us, sharing your perspectives, shepherding and pastoring us and calling us up. I really do value the words that you've spoken. And I have a lot to think about as I know all those who are listening with me. So I appreciate you. God bless the two of you. I know you're going to have a interesting, remarkable Christmas season. And for now, listeners, thank you for joining. And let's just remember to keep the heart of this Advent season firmly planted as we walk through this December month. Let's do good by helping enslaved women and children, and let's do more than we ever thought physically possible. And let's keep doing it together, connecting women with a heart for a hurting world.
0: God bless,
1: and Merry Christmas.